Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's Jeremy White with Sneaky Joe DiBiase. Does anybody else out there want to do something like that? What, what do we need to settle? Jeremy White. When you were a kid and you were going to get sick, like you might throw up, did your family use the same bowl? You go to bed, you bring the bowl there in case you're going to throw up. Was that the same bowl as the family movie Popcorn Bowl? With Sneaky Joe DiBiase. The same bowl that you are eating popcorn out of has been thrown up into. The sick bowl. It's just a bowl. You just wash it. It's just a bowl. The mental damage alone should be there that, hey, some, you know, little, whatever, your little brother or sister... I just threw up in this last week. Now I'm eating popcorn. Why do we have a dishwasher? So on Monday, popcorn. On Tuesday, throw up. And on Wednesday, sure. dog food. No, I see no issue with it. On WGR Sports Radio 550. This drives home, I think, a developing trend on this show. Which is? Between the puke bowl story, the treadmills, and the golf simulator. Treadmills. I'm an idea guy, and you're just over here trying to poke holes in all my... My beautiful practice. Well, I mean, that's what you need, though, right? You need someone <laughs> to help weed out the good ideas from the bad, or the bad ideas that, from the good ideas. That's right. That's right. They've got to pass your test. Got a lot of a lot of comments, a lot of texts, tweets about putting treadmills in golf simulators. You've Just, made progress on this front, a yeah, little bit, a little bit. This is insane. The Just, links at Turf Mill yeah. are going to be a real thing. Yeah, maybe. I don't know about that, but. And nobody except for you will ever use that, that treadmill is, in the back of the room. That is not true. Guaranteed. People will walk. 2%. People will walk, Ray. <laughs> people, <laughs> people will definitely walk. Nobody is going to use this thing. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the idea yesterday, if you missed it, I, I know you're... Well, right, what, what are we talking about right, right now? now you're yeah. th- what, right now you're thinking, wait a minute, did I just hear the greatest idea I've ever heard? Treadmills at golf simulators? Yes, you did. That's right. We're, we're, we're looking into it. Not really. Why don't we have treadmills in here? I would do it. Are you? You're not really using. Are you using the, uh, the ergonomic the, the, chair? The ergonomic chair behind you. Occasionally, it's I been am. sitting in the corner a little bit over there. Yeah. This is see. This is what the tra- as a lot of workout stuff. I don't know how much you usually stick to it, but people will get workout stuff and then you'll use it for a week and then it's off in the corner. That's going to be what this treadmill is going to be at the golf simulator. Yeah. It's, well, it's like an option. It's like uh, I'm trying to think about golf. Other things that are there that you don't use, like. You know, for some people, at the simulator around the four course. iron. Some people just you know that you hit. I uh, yeah. You're gonna hit driver all day, and you're never gonna hit your four iron. Sure, but it's still in the bag to make you feel better. That's true. So it's there as an option. Mm-hmm. Lot, I don't lot, even. I don't even carry a four iron. 
Oh, I do. I hit the forearm sometimes. Uh, Brian Kozer will join us at 6.30. Quick TPC Sawgrass Players Championship preview. The nice. golf gets started today. One very quick story on Sawgrass. I played it maybe six years ago now. Yep. And one very, very quick thing. It's, the, it's a very famous course. They've got the Island Green, the 17th. It's what everybody remembers is the 17th hole. Joe, so this kind of ties in simulator and all that as well. I played the simulator yesterday, or two days ago, and I played Spyglass Hill, which is a course I played a few years back when we went to Pebble Beach and played like that life trip of a lifetime golf tournament. Yep. I remember every single shot I hit at Spyglass. I could tell you from 1 to 18 every shot. I remember them all. Pebble, That's I could, a lot to remember. Pebble, I could do, probably do the same. Really? Hardy, okay. We had three golf courses that trip. I could probably tell you every single one. And, I, how, you know, we talk about this with Howard sometimes. It, I don't know. Most I think a lot of golfers are this way. You play a course once, you can remember holes 1 through 18. Like, I can yep. sequence them in my brain like the alphabet and just kind of get to fourth hole. Okay, yeah, that's a par three. I can do that with almost every course I've ever played. Yep. And if I've played a really famous course and had a memorable round, I can remember every shot. Oh, yeah, that's right. I hit it over on this left bunker over here when we played here four years ago. Mm -hmm. The only place I can't do that with is Sawgrass. I don't really remember anything about it. It was just a blur? It was a blur because I think it's because you're just waiting for 17. <laughs> You're just really, yeah. yeah. You, you, that's the fa it's maybe the most famous hole in golf, the Island Green. Yep, they'll have a 17 cam out there during this tournament where you can just watch all the guys hit the 17th. Yep, and that might be the explanation. I remember 16, 17, 18, and the rest of it, I remember almost nothing. Wow, yeah, which is too well, bad. These, these other why well, right? These other courses will have notable holes, but not like this, right? Sure, lots like of Pebbles got Pebbles got the ocean hole that Alan. The ocean hole, yeah. Yep, we watched Alan hit that, and he birdied it. He hit down to the ocean bird. I remember that. Yep, that's a very famous hole. There's a stretch there, so I don't know. Just a random thing about this tournament that, as I watch this, I'll try to reacquaint myself with the course. The other thing that Sawgrass had going for it, it was in the Tiger Woods video game forever. So I feel like yeah. I should remember the entire course. Yeah, but I necessarily I I, I don't. So simulators. Do they have sawgrass on simulators? I've not seen it. Okay. Not yet. So it's a fun tournament, and, um, you know, watch guys hit it in the water. I I hit it in the water. Very famous hole. 16's a maybe better hole. Whatever. It's, it's fun. Yep. 16, 17, 18 are great holes. Anyway, that's some golf talk. Good morning. It's Jeremy and Joe. How are you today? It's uh, Thursday. The Sabres are home tonight against the Dallas Stars. I was just – I was looking at the standings, and – They're not as fun to look at. They're – well, as, they're well, still fine. Can I? What? what? Let's label this uh, segment about the Sabers an inconvenient truth. Okay. Sure. There, okay. there is an inconvenient truth staring us right in the face. Here it is. The top ten spots in the draft lottery get a shot at number one. I think. Here we go. I think nine are locked in. Uh huh. The gap between the ninth and the tenth spot in the draft lottery on points in the NHL is eight. Okay. St. Louis has 59. They're ninth from the bottom. Yep. Then comes Detroit, Washington, Buffalo, Ottawa, Nashville, separated by two points. So St. Louis is locked in, we think. I'm telling you, nine of the ten Connor Bedard lottery teams have yep. established they will be in the lottery. And now two of those teams have traded their picks. Ottawa's traded their pick. So Arizona's right. rooting hard against Ottawa. 
Florida too. Florida has traded their pick. Yeah. So th- these two teams, the Sabers, of course, have their pick, and they play the Dell Stars tonight and the Rangers tomorrow. And I'm not saying that now is the time, but if things go south against Dallas and against the Rangers, and then next week, yeah, how, how mad are people going to be at me? Furious. You're all, if you fall, furious, right? It's for three percent, as opposed to zero percent, right? I I think. Well, Joe, l- let's see. Let's, let's play this game. The argument you're going to have to present to anybody, I think, to get anybody even not not even necessarily on board, but not mad at you, their playoff odds are going to have to be lower than three percent. Oh yeah, right now they're six. So that, okay, that could be even. T- could that be tonight? If, if they lose tonight, I saw MoneyPuck.com has them down to about five after tonight. And if they were to lose, I'm not. And say- are there other games tonight? I'm not rooting for it to happen. I'm just presenting, as I said, an inconvenient truth about the Sabers and the standings. Yeah, that they have the opportunity, as do the Washington Capitals. Detroit won last night. I was I was keeping an eye on this for Detroit. Detroit played Chicago. They won. So they are not really in the race, but. You know, we want to we want to label Detroit dead. They're a point back of the Sabers. Yeah. So that team we've labeled out of it. Washington we've also labeled dead. They're tied on points with the Sabers. Now Buffalo has games in hand on both these teams, so you know we'll see. But you know you want to you want to scoff at three percent. Okay. Okay. Joe, there's a briefcase with a million dollars in the break room. Would you like a three percent chance at it or a zero percent chance at it? Well, in that, yes, I'd like a 3%. Uh, you know, all of a sudden. But I'm cashing in. I'm cashing in my briefcase now? No. You're just. Well, what I mean is. Uh, you're just aware that yeah. if things go the wrong direction for any one of these teams, Buffalo, Washington, Detroit, it's probably under those three because Ottawa's playing really well right now. Buffalo, Ottawa, Ottawa Detroit. Well. Right. So Buffalo, Washington, Detroit. One of those three teams is probably going to get into this lottery. And I wonder, again, it's only 3%, but I wonder by the time you get to April, yeah, if two of these teams are out of it, let's let's not let's remove Buffalo from it. Yeah. Washington and Detroit with a week left are clearly the two that will get the last spot. One of them will get it. Will we see questionable roster decisions in the final week of the season? I think you should. You're not. I don't think you're going to get it, though. I don't think teams are going to are going to operate that way on on three percent. Even though, again, I'm not saying they shouldn't. I don't think they're going to. You know, it's funny you say they wouldn't operate on three percent. Yet the Tampa Bay Lightning, in a year like this, lottery protected a pick that they traded. That's and so did the Devils. So right? You, you want to say that? Well, who cares about three percent? Well, then why did Ottawa? Why did Arizona call Ottawa for their first-round pick? Well, they did it for a 2% chance. Yeah. The other thing, too, though, here is, so it's 3% if you get it, right? Like, it's 100% if you make the playoffs. You have to still get, you, you, you think, what was it, 9 of the 10 are already I, I th- done? I think, I think 9 of the 10 lottery spots for Connor Bedard are locked in. So part of the playoff race is, if I get it, I'm 100%. I'm in the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? Yep. If I get the ten spot, then I then I have the three percent. And what are my odds? I'm actually going to be below. How many teams are in it? Detroit, Washington, Ottawa, Nashville, Florida, Calgary. The only team the Sabers have to the only two teams that the Sabers are currently ahead of they would have to finish behind is Washington and Detroit. 
But you still have Ottawa and Nashville right there. Yes, you do. But uh, but Nashville's got more points, and they have two in hand on the Sabres. Okay. So I, it's but it's not. You still have a fight there to get the three percent. There's I'm te- a fight to get the three. I've labeled it an inconvenient truth. That it's might, inconvenient. That might be trademarked. It by is, the way, it I, is I, an I, inconvenient <laughs> truth that one of these teams will get a 3% chance and the team that is one spot above them will get a 0% chance because they changed the lottery rules. Only the top 10 teams get a lottery ball for number one. And you're going to be thinking about this, what, if they lose tonight? Every time they lose, it's gonna be I'm going think, to think about it more. I don't want them to lose. I'm not advocating that they lose if they were going to like there's a joke in here to be made about who would you play which goalie would you put in but they're playing relatively well the goaltenders have come around right uh-huh. like, so i'm not advocating i'm just pointing to an inconvenient reality that you might find it embarrassing but one of the things i think about is we're already over the moon on how good this team is on their young talent I mean, yeah. Is it? But okay, if man. You, if, if you if you fall, let's they fall to that spot. They mm-hmm. they have a three percent chance in the lottery, which is one point away from where they are right now. Yeah, but they fall to that spot, and now the season ends, mm-hmm. and you've fallen behind Detroit and Ottawa. You are currently behind Ottawa. It's a lot, but it's a lot harder, I think, to label the season as a whole a success. If yeah, you went up in points, you went down. It, you you made this argument a couple weeks ago I about did, I did. placement in in terms not necessarily the score and like a golf round but like what place did you finish in? They'll have gone down in the place they finished in. Yep, that's going to be a lot tougher of a sell of the season was a success because well Detroit improved, Ottawa improved, you did too, but not as much as they did because they jumped you, they leapfrogged you. Now you are seventh out of eight in the division, mm-hmm. and. Who, by the way, is getting all that much worse? Like Ottawa, Ottawa's young. Ottawa's getting better. Uh, Ottawa didn't have Chikrin all year. I don't disagree with any of this. I mean, I think we're all pretty bright on the Sabres' future, but everything you're saying right now, is it any different if they finish one point ahead of Detroit versus one point behind Detroit? It's all still true. I mean, Ottawa's still right. young. Ottawa's just get brought in Chikrin. Detroit is going to still try to, of course, like everybody's going to try to be better. The Sabres aren't the only young team. They're not the only team that's going to try and build around their young core. Anyway, we, we don't have to get too deep into it. I don't need people that mad at me on a Thursday before 7 a.m. I did just run the lottery at tankathon.com. Oh, now you've gatewayed. Hey, they jumped a, they jumped a fourth. Who did? The Sabres. They're picking fourth. They picked. They jumped a fourth because so, they because that can happen even if they don't. What that means finishing the top ten is that they won the lottery, but you can only move up ten spots. Would that be the most? Okay, let me play this out. It's lottery night. They finished. They finished. Right, where are they right now? That's not eleventh from the bottom. What is it? Thirteenth from must the bottom. Be, must be fourteenth to move up to, or fifteenth to move up to fourth. Okay, so they finished twenty-first in the standings. They were one point away from Detroit in that tenth spot, and then they win the lottery. Would that be the most no. frustrating? I mean, I mean, it would be like you were what <laughs> if you had lost? We could pick out any game in the standings and say, had you lost that game, you'd have Bedard. Well. No, I don't. I don't necessarily go that way because if you'd lost that game, somebody else would have been in the, with the sequence of numbers that won the Bedard lottery. Okay, that's fair. Right, your lottery ball would not have been assigned to you if that had happened. So the Connor Bedard lottery, it is okay. Then what it, if Detroit were to win the lottery? 
in then, the tenth spot. The Sabre, that, that, that's the frustrating scenario. Well, the Sabers are in more trouble because now that guy's in your division. But also, you were one point away from. Then you could say you were one point away from winning. You him. could, you could. I mean, that's the kind of thing where you say the season that the Sabers tanked for McDavid and Eichel. That if you had finished third from the bottom, you would have had McDavid. But this, you know. That's the randomness coming into it. So I won't go with you on like even thinking about this yet, but I will say, I might get to a point where I'm rooting for Detroit to just not finish in the top ten. Give me, give me the least percentage chance possible that he's in the division. Because yeah. if you start adding teams up, Montreal is three percent. Detroit would be another three percent. Florida, if they drop, that'd be another three percent for Montreal. Um, Montreal, well, is, no, Montreal's at seven and a half. Right, plus their pick that they own that belongs to Florida. If that were to drop in, mm-hmm. all right, all right, I'll, 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 I got Tankathon. Just, I'm not going to bookmark this site yet. It's just an inconvenient reality slash truth that with every loss, I'm going to look at this a little bit harder. I didn't even intend on bringing this up, but. Detroit winning last night is a reminder. You know, the Sabres, on point percentage, they're ahead of these teams. They're ahead of Washington. They're ahead of Detroit. But, you know, if they – if they, Paul Hamilton, who we talked to, you know, most days about the Sabres, and Sabres beat reporter, pointed out these next two games they've got against the Rangers and the Stars, for, the Stars lead their division, and the Rangers are yep. one of the, what, the five best teams in the league? Yep. And loaded up at the deadline, and they both have stud goaltenders, too. Jake Ottinger tonight for Dallas. We'll see if he plays. And then for the Rangers, Shesterkin, we'll see if he plays on Saturday afternoon. So big, big tests for the Sabres. They fall to the Islanders, and it's just Zach Jones, who does the nightcap, he had a funny tweet about this after they lost to Columbus, which is something along the lines of, every time the Sabres seem to get to the doorstep of the hype going off the tra- off the track, just everybody going to get so excited, they lose. They lost to Columbus yeah. when, had they beaten Columbus, it was about to go bonkers for everything. Then they go to Boston, get hammered, bring it back with a win against Tampa. Okay, set up a big game against the Islanders, mm-hmm. loss. Like, they really get right to the edge of this could mean they're going to make it and suffer a loss. And there's 19 games left. There's time. They probably have to go 11-6-2, and two, and that's counting tonight. So if they lose tonight, you're looking at 11-5-2. and two to try and get into the postseason for what the mark is that the Islanders are currently setting. So when they when they beat Washington, we had done this a little bit though, hadn't we? That that was winning 5 of 6. Like the hype got off the rails a little bit, right? They had just beaten Florida and Tampa on the road. That's right. Something they had not done in 5 years. Um beat either one of those teams on the road and then they hammered Washington. Maybe maybe we weren't all the way there because we still saw the stretch that was coming. Like we knew these yeah. this stretch of good teams. It was one of the reasons that their playoff probabilities, according to again Money Puck, if you like that site, were kind of low. It was they have they have a tough strength of schedule, They're really tough to yeah. close out the season. I think Detroit's is pretty easy. The Islanders might be pretty. I think the Red, the Red Wings was yes. hard. Yeah. It's it's the Islanders that's easy. Yeah, the Islanders have a much easier schedule to close out than the Sabers. Anyway, tonight Dallas get a win, make everybody feel better. Put this stuff aside. Yep. How can you blame me for looking at it? Come on. And TSN, speaking of which, TSN recorded a song about him. About James Bedard? Yes. All the all the people on the staff, like the what? sports guys, there's a song called Bad for Bedard that they played during the deadline. Really? James Duffy Was it good? performs. I mean, it's all right. It's like a parody. <laughs> it's a parody song. But, they, yeah, they, they made a song about... Tanking. About tanking for Bedard. 
you know, on some levels, that conversation gets to be about morality. And here's TSN with like, hey, make a song. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's not that bad. Just go out and tank and take your chances for Connor Bedard. So, how about San Jose getting their hat? They've lost, they've only won two of their last twelve, and they're only three points out of last now. I am surprised that there's not more chatter about it, especially with the race as tight as it is. Maybe maybe it is talk in Columbus, Chicago, San Jose, Anaheim. Yeah, Columbus has been doing well lately. They they we talked about it the other day. They blow that four goal lead to Pittsburgh. You know, we worry about it because we didn't want Pittsburgh to get those two points. In Columbus, you know, they have. They're the leader right now, and if they can just get to the end of the season, they'll have the best chances at this guy, which there's a franchise that would would they not be completely transformed? Oh, completely. They would be relevant for the first time in their history, wouldn't they be? They signed Johnny Hockey this offseason, and the reaction was like, why Columbus? That's like, weird. It still doesn't make any and sense it, that he did that. Right, and now if they get Bedard, all of a sudden they're, you know, Line A, Goudreau, Bedard yeah. would be the biggest star of them all. And they would be relevant. Mm-hmm. So. Chicago would be relevant again. Really, every, wouldn't everybody? Every, Maybe. Uh, I mean, Montreal, I've, I've seen enough from, like, Montreal fans that, like, they are focused on this. They're now 10 points up, though. But yeah, they're not going to get there. Montreal is like desperate t- to get him. Well, at least the fans are. The team again, they're ten points above it. That that is where I mean. And they just picked number one. They yeah, so, uh, I don't even remember the guy's name, but they they just did. So that's the only team. That's the only team in the Sabers division that would currently be in it, right? Yeah. Eight oh three oh five fifty. I don't want to take calls on this anyway because I don't <laughs> want people to get mad and have. You know, flashbacks, it's just an inconvenient reality that nine of the ten spots are pretty much taken. The tenth spot, TBD, this, and the Sabres are a candidate. This is all just a distraction from wanting to talk about Bayheim, isn't it? No, I can't wait to talk about Bayheim. I'm very... Oh, yeah, right. you, well, never mind. I don't yeah. know why I just flipped that in my head. You would be... Okay, never mind. I'm very, yes. I'm very, very, very happy. I was going to say, you'd be happy I'm very it. happy, and I don't feel the least bit guilty about feeling happy. You know, a lot of my friends former Syracuse alumni, whatever, like, yeah. oh, well, you gotta, you got to respect his career. I feel bad that I'm happy. I don't feel bad at all. 47 years, man. <laughs> yeah. 47 years. And what have the last five years been? 500 records in the ACC and a grumpy old man in a press conference. Yeah. Right to the end, too. Yeah. Grumpy right old to man the end. in the press conference. An un- a, the weirdest post-game retirement Speech ever we've got it we'll play it no so I'm I'm happy about it and I don't you know yeah is Adrian Autry going to be a, as good a coach as Beheim probably not maybe he will in the short term hopefully he will but with Beheim it is a flat out refusal to adjust to the times and to be a modern coach so mm-hmm. he ultimately I mean all of the signs point to he got pushed out like no this yeah. is this is your last year. This That's, is, he kind of said it, right? Yep. That it's not it's not really up to me. Yep. He even he said did, those he words. Did, he, did, he said, I didn't say I wanted to leave. It's up to the university. And then in the announcement about him leaving, they say he's leaving, and there's not a single quote from him. And right. they did not use the word retire. Because right. if, as far as they're concerned, if he wanted to go coach somewhere else, he would do it. <laughs> you're, you're out. Your time has come. It has yeah. been 47 years. Thank you for everything. It's time. So yeah, I'm I'm I am happy about that. Eight oh three oh five fifty. We got a football heavy show, even though we just spent a lot of time on you know Tankathon Gotcha Common. I apologize <laughs> for that. Yeah, it brings me no joy. 
to point that out, I will say I am currently watching the 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 thing on my computer screen right now is Connor Bedard highlights. Oh, look at you. Sell me quick. He's supposed to be between McDavid and, Ma- and Austin Matthews. I'm a lot closer to being in on this idea than I am on uh, the links at Turf Mill. <laughs> Tread, treadmills treadmills golf and golf simulators. Brian Cozill on the other side. We'll talk to him a little bit about the Sabre stretch run here. Dallas, the Rangers, also get a sawgrass preview for uh, the Players' Championship. They tee off today. But a big football show. We're going to talk to Sal about it. We've got to talk about Tremaine Edmonds and Jordan Poyer, both expected to leave according to Adam Schefter. Schefter reported yesterday the Bills are expecting to lose both. And that is, of course, massive. We probably knew Poyer, Edmonds. Maybe you've thought it's a coin flip. Maybe you've been thinking they're going to bring him back. But, I mean, it really is the biggest change to come in the McDermott and Bean era this offseason with Poyer and Frazier and Edmonds and their defense letting them down multiple seasons in a row in in crunch time. So we'll get into a really a, a, a meaty football show, including what to do about Edmonds if he leaves. So Sal's coming up at 7. We've got Tyler Dunn at 8.30 to talk about what's going on in Green Bay with the Packers. And there's a story that they're not even asking for a big package of, of pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, no, just make a reasonable offer and you can have that guy, Aaron Rodgers. And then at 9 o'clock, Sean Stepner, who covers the Ravens. What's going on with Baltimore and uh, Lamar as they give him the non-exclusive franchise tag? So... Plenty of football here on the way today. Uh, join us at any point if you want. On the Sabres, another big, I mean, every big, every game is big right about now. On the Sabres and Stars tonight, or, you know, this uh, inconvenient reality, or, you know, whatever else is on your mind. 803-0550 on WGR. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
number seven in the world, Xander Shoffley. See the way the water's reacting from the wind. Shoffley, not even close. That was uh, that was a challenge. Probably the, the toughest I've ever played that hole in a tournament or even in a regular round of golf. You know, Saturday there last year with a seven iron from 140 yards, uh, trying to fly it just right so it doesn't fly through the wind or it doesn't get caught by the wind too much. It was it was a challenge. Billy Horschel there commenting on 17 at Sawgrass, the Players' Championship underway this morning. We'll get some thoughts on that from Mr. Brian Cozy. He'll host the Tee to Green, tell you all about Tee to Green this week as well. Also, a little bit of a Sabres preview. Brian, good morning. Gentlemen, good morning. So the, the Stars and the Rangers and, Brian, that, that game the other night against the Islanders, I mean, I don't, I don't think the, the balloon is deflated, but, man, it, uh, it lost some air after they lost to the Islanders in terms of them making the playoffs. They're very much alive, but they really can't afford – back-to-back losses this week they really kind of got to get things in order yeah it was a it was a super big swing I mean obviously if the Sabres somehow figure out a way to win that in regulation instead of the Islanders we're having a much different discussion right now uh you know I, I think you know that game that night like it was probably the most I guess amped up I was about a regular season game all year or maybe at least the most amped up about a, a road game this year you know there's been some anticipated home games, I think, being down at the arena this year. Uh, but for other reasons, you know, whether it was Ryan Miller night or some of the other nights where there's kind of been some emotional tie-ins and things like that. But in terms of just the straight meaning in the standings, that was probably as big as it was. And it started off pretty well. The Sabres had a couple of leads. And, you know, to be honest, the entire night I'm sitting there thinking Pittsburgh's losing 3 nothing. Pittsburgh's losing 4 nothing. Like, okay, everything's going well here. Um, and then how the game changed and how the Islanders kind of, in you know, second period, third period, really started to take over the game. And then, of course, how the game-winning goal ends up going in so controversially. And uh, in, in my opinion, I still disagree with just how the ruling went, but nevertheless, it's how it went. And then, you know, while all that's going on, Pittsburgh somehow is coming back and winning in overtime. And, of course, it's Crosby and the NHL is not giving you any explanation about the, the, the kick-in goal, at least enough to my liking. And, you know, at the end of the night, I'm sitting here saying, like, oh, man, like just one of those annoying nights where I'm mad at the league, I'm mad at Crosby, I'm mad that the Sabres ended up, you know, blowing a huge opportunity in the standings. And um, I, I look back and now and say it was fun to be invested because that hasn't happened in a long time with this team in terms of a night like that, even though it was a night where you end up disappointed at the end of it. But uh, yeah, they're, they're still in it. I mean, the games in hand factor is definitely going down a little, um, but the Islanders are definitely a team. You can still end up catching the Penguins are a team. You can still end up catching and, uh, there's just a lot more traffic than maybe there could have been had the Sabres ended up winning the other night. I think one thing about this, Brian, when you get a team like this, you know, what are you supposed to be upset about or what do they need to do better? They kind of just need to get hot. They're scoring the last two games. You know, they lose to Edmonton and the Islanders. They only put up two goals in each of those games. They kind of need to rediscover that hot shooting percentage and match that with goaltender efforts like Lukanen gave you the other night. Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, the Edmonton game, I really had almost nothing to complain about other than maybe that piece that you said, that ability to maybe finish a play. They had plenty of opportunities, plenty of shots. Stuart Skinner, of course, played one of the best games of his season, unfortunately, at the bad timing for the Sabres. 
Um, you know, even McDavid, I know he scores twice, but three shots, I mean, you know, obviously a huge impact on the game, but uh, the Sabres had an opportunity to win it. If you would have said at the start of the night, hey, Edmonton's going to score three, like I would have signed up for that in a second uh, just because of what Edmonton's offense is capable of. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, the offense clearly is the reason where this team is this year. Um, it has to kind of regain that form. I agree with you. Like, you you have to go into every game thinking we've got to get to four. Like, that's, that, that is – Don Granato has been talking about it. You know, like, this league's not a 3-2 league anymore. It's a 4-3 league, and I, you know, in terms of the game score. And uh, they've got to get themselves back into getting their offense going. Uh, I think, you know, those couple of games when you didn't have Darlene, I think that was a piece that it struggled. Uh, one, one of the games they did do well offensively. Alex Tuck's the spark plug on this team. I know Jack Quinn's filling in well, but it does have a trickle-down effect, the fact that he's not out there. And then, you know, that obviously takes Quinn off of another line. I've been impressed with Quinn filling in, but not having Alex Tuck, that he's been one of their best offensive players. So I don't want to minimize that loss having him out there. But if this team's going to get hot, as you said, it's going to come from scoring goals. So they've got to get that mojo back going. Brian Koziel on the Western Hotline. Who should we be rooting for tonight, the Islanders or the Penguins in the out-of-town matchup? I mean, at this point, who's the easier team to catch? I guess it's the Islanders, right, because of the games in hand. So you also have another head-to-head with the Islanders that you don't with Pittsburgh. So you're trying to catch the, the Islanders. So maybe you're saying, okay, go ahead. You know, in all these matchups where Pittsburgh maybe plays the Islanders, the Panthers, the Senators, you'd be rooting for Pittsburgh in that case. I also maybe have a little bit more faith in maybe Pittsburgh figuring it out here down the stretch. So I'll say root for the Penguins and, of course, make sure it ends in regulation. Brian Koziel, also here to talk a little bit of golf. So it's the Players' Championship this week, Brian, at TBC Sawgrass. You guys are out for tee to green once again. Um, you know, it's funny, like, the, the PGA Tour has made a lot of headlines this season with elevated events, and this is one that was an elevated event before the elevated events existed, right? Like, everybody cared about this one, often mentioned as the fifth major, a course that is a repeat on the tour every single year, an iconic hole or two, so... Sawgrass, like it's it's um it's long been kind of the opening of golf season, at least for me. I would agree, and I think what you mentioned there is a reason that this tournament, one of the reasons that this tournament, I think, does elevate itself amongst any of the others, is the fact that we know the course. The finishing three holes are as good as any uh, on the PGA Tour, and as recognizable as anybody anybody on the PGA Tour. Um, it sets up for such a dramatic finish. It's great television. Uh, there's water involved in all three holes. I mean, let's face it, part of golf that we like is the aesthetics, too. 16, 17, and 18 are really, really beautiful-looking holes. Uh, 16 is a par 5. You can go for it in two. There's water to the right and behind it, so that risk-reward factor is there that we all love with golf. 17, of course, one of the most iconic known course or holes in the whole you know, world, the, the 17th Island Green. And then 18, a tough par 4 with water down the left. So I, I think that piece of it is there. It's similar to Augusta National. Everybody kind of knows what the back nine looks like. Everybody knows, like, this is the hole you got to make birdie on. This is a tough hole. Hey, you can't go here on this hole. I feel like at least with the finishing portion at Sawgrass, people know that really well. And, you know, who doesn't want to talk about 17? I mean, even if you're just a casual golfer, to think about, hey, what would I hit here? The hole usually plays, like, between, like, 135 and, like, 150. 
you know, Jeremy, I know you've been fortunate to play it. Like, I mean, everybody that has played golf ever has probably thought about that green, or maybe you've gotten to kind of a semi-island green at a course you've played somewhere, and I'm sure the discussion of sawgrass comes up. But, you know, just that pressure, sometimes the wind, figuring it out when these pros are probably hitting like a pitching wedge into that island green. I mean, it, it's, it really makes for great television. It also has the potential for guys putting off the green into water, this course. Yes. So another story from when I was there six years ago, whenever it was, there are a couple holes where you stand on the green and the green ends and there's maybe a foot of fringe, if that, and then it drops 10 feet into a pond or like a lake. And I asked the caddy, our four caddy there, how many times do people, while they're lining up a putt, accidentally back up and fall into this pond? And his answer was once a week. Once a week, a person falls off of the green and into water. And I don't know, Brian, I guess depending on like pin placements and how fast they get the greens, I don't really remember them making this course the hardest course they can. It's not like U.S. Open conditions. It's not like they're out here trying to make everybody look bad. Um, but you never know. And, you know, it's it's a beautiful course. It's 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 set up for some interesting shots, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I think the wind is usually what will play a factor in these, in these holes. Because the yardage, because of the water, and as you said, there's so little room for error that the wind can be the difference between, you know, two yards. And, you know, we know these pros are good enough sometimes. That's the difference between them maybe hitting it right where they want it or being wet uh, with the ball maybe rolling back into the water. So I think that's a piece that has it is that there is very little room for error uh, on a course like this where there is so much water involved. But, um, you know, I, I think when you talk about this week, you know, they – what the tour has done with these elevated events, you should mention that this one's already been elevated for many, many, many years. The fact that now they've increased the purse again, the winner is going to get four point yeah. five million. The stat, I mean, the stat on that is that impressive. the winner will yeah. get more money than Tiger won in his first two years. Wow! Like combined, yeah. combined, yeah, yeah. The money has gone up so much. Yeah, but, I, I mean, for a purse to have twenty five million and the winner to get four and a half million, I mean, this is definitely. You know, you're, you're, this is not even a major, too, but the Players' Championship, you know, for the PGA Tour, because the PGA Tour doesn't host the Masters, it doesn't host the U.S. Open. This is their premier event. So they're they're all in on this event, and, you know, I'm sure uh, players are going to be drooling over the fact that they'd have a chance to win that pot. Rory Rory's the betting favorite to win, and I was winning, reading a piece yesterday about the, about him that his putting is like way off this year. Like yeah. he was, I think it was ten to twenty feet. He was second on the tour last year, and this year he's like outside the top one fifty. Is is it just is it coincidence? Like is it just putting in that in that you know range, or is he is he not to form at the start of the year? Because he is again, he's the betting favorite for this weekend. Yeah, and remember last week, he, what, he finished second, right? So, I mean, his game's right. there. Um, I did see that statue. I think you're right. I think it was like 20 what, or second and then like 186. 182nd, yeah. 182nd, yeah. I saw that stat yesterday, too. Yeah, his putting has been really bad. And, you know, I think that's been probably a big layer with McElroy's career is that there has been um, times where he's had a chance to win big-time tournaments, including majors, and his putter has been the reason that it hasn't gotten done. Uh, when he's driving the ball well, and he is right now, he, I think, is the best player in the world. But his putter 
can sometimes, you know, on those medium length to short length putts, give him issues. And I would even say the same about Jordan Spieth. Spieth's a guy that's been erratic off the tee these last few years. Last week was driving the ball amazing. And then if you watch the coverage last week of the final holes, he probably missed five putts that were, you know, 10 to 12 feet and less. He could have been a winner last week too. But for me, McElroy still just like because of how he's emerged, it's kind of the face of the PGA Tour with their fight against Liv over the last course of the year, gaining popularity, I think, quite a bit that way. I mean, he was a popular player to start with before this all started, but I think it really has risen to the top where he's turned into kind of a true leader amongst those players. And beyond the fact that, you know, he's not even American, I think he's about as well-liked as any foreign athlete could be maybe, you know, in, in, in sports from a United States perspective, uh, that guys really want to root for him to do well. Uh, yeah, if he's putting well this week, there's no reason why he can't win. He's played well at this event before, too. So uh, I definitely would give him consideration if he's put, if he ends up putting well. You're you're right about him, too. That, the little further down in that piece I'm reading from Justin Ray, he the putting has struggled, but he's gaining 2.2 strokes tee to green per round, which is far and away the best of any player on tour this year. And I, I've got the odds open, too, that I reference he's the favorite. It's like three guys and then a big gap. It's McElroy, it's Scotty Scheffler, and it's John Rahm. And I know there's a lot of other guys that are in contention, but does that feel right? Is there kind of a big three right now in golf and then there's a, a bit of a gap? I think that's fair. I think those those three, I mean, you've got the defending FedEx Cup champion in McElroy. You've got world number one in John Rahm, and then last year's player of the year, Scotty Scheffler. Like, I think I think that fits right. Those three... Any week that they end up deciding to play, I think they have to be a terminant favorite. The fact that they're all three playing, and that's what I think is good about these elevated events. You're, in all these events, all three of them are essentially going to play every single time. So uh, beyond the fact that you've had some other good stories this year, like I think Max Homa's a player. If you don't know much about him, maybe if, you know, if you're not a, as much of a hardcore golf fan, if you haven't watched a lot of golf this year, but maybe you will watch this week. Max Homa's a player that's had a really, really good season. He's won twice already. I think he's a very good follow on social media. He's one of these players, too, that is a very, very good interview, very insightful, very thought-provoking when he speaks and does interviews. Uh, he's been, you know, you know, if you said, like, who's in the next tier after those three, I think there definitely is a jump. Uh, you know, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, the established players, but guys that have had good seasons that are playing well that have a chance to win this week, uh, I would put Homa in that group. Uh, Victor Hovland is a guy that plays tough golf courses well. He grew up in Norway, played in tough conditions. He's always said that the tougher the conditions, he thinks it's a benefit to him. Ooh, he's used to playing in those that's conditions. That's right of Joe's alley. Joe likes the challenge of a windy day. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> last week. Yeah, the the, uh, the winds at Delaware Park, pretty similar to the winds yeah, that's right. in Norway, right? <laughs> Brian, where are you guys this week for Tita Green? We are at Diamond Hawk in Cheektowaga. So uh, we'll be nice. looking forward to going there, getting some – information about what's new and exciting for them here in 2023 and then of course we'll have a ton on the players championship too so uh, seven to eight saturday on wgr and how do we feel about treadmills at golf simulators as an idea i I know brian's going to be on board with this like the idea Mm, i don't know i saw this last year i mean multitasking at a simulator is probably a good idea there's a lot of standing around so Mm -hmm. i could see maybe that could be something jeremy there's a new outlet for you to open up a side business there you go there you go brian's on board thanks brian Okay, guys, thanks. Brian Koziel. We'll get a break in. I put up a Twitter poll, and it's going to tell you everything you need to know about the Bills offseason and where fans are. Everything you've ever needed just, to know. Just the poll, like just, the poll results? Just the results early. Hmm. 
about Schefter's report on Edmonds and Poyer. We'll get to that and follow it up with Sal coming up top of the hour. Some football for you about what to do this offseason and does the loss of Edmonds and Poyer change it? Adam Schefter reports the Bills are expected to lose both. The poll, your thoughts, your calls, 803-0550 on WTR. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more rings, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Joe, have you ever been have you ever been attacked by the results of a poll? Uh, yes. Okay. I am currently getting ragdolled by the results of this poll, which, by the way, I support. Adam Schefter reports the Bills are expected to lose both Poyer and Edmonds in free agency. Mm-hmm. So I put up a poll that says, with such huge losses, does restocking the defense take priority over the need to upgrade on offense? You were asking for it, I think, with this poll. By asking for it, what I was kind of asking for was to see all right, how high the number right, would be. All right, Bills fans. I need to know you are hungry enough for offense. Yeah. I need to know. And Bills fans did not disappoint. The web poll is so dominant that it's like people are swearing at me. 84% no. Yep. I don't care. Defense, schmefence. Defense. defense the, the theme of the, of the offseason. Is defense, schmefence. Put it on a bumper sticker. <laughs> hey, don't sleep on the fact that on Howard's last day, a guy called in and said Josh Allen should play linebacker. That happened. It did that, happen. It was like the one sports call for the yeah. whole day was I, Allen at linebacker. I think he was kidding trying to get Howard to go off on a rant, but it yeah. had to be. The Chargers have restructured the deals of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, creating $14 million in cap space. The Dolphins have restructured Bradley Chubb, $14 million in cap space. The mm-hmm. Panthers restructure uh, offensive tackle Taylor Moten's deal, 11 in cap space. Would ex- hmm. Aren't the Bills going to be doing something like this today, tomorrow? Uh, if, probably if, it, if it's rest- with Allen, yeah, it's restructure season. Allen, Von Miller, Deion Dawkins, some of the candidates for this. Anyway, eighty-four percent say get Von Miller, your de- get your defense out of my face. We're going all offense, baby. Wide receiver train. But the Poyer and Edmonds departures. Poyer, not a surprise. Edmonds, I don't know if it's a surprise, but it, it's it's a. But it was not. And Poyer, it seemed like it, inevitable. Right, Poyer seemed inevitable, and yes, Edmonds was more like, okay, maybe, but we're no one really seemed to know one but, way or the other. By the way, I don't know if there's betting odds. You can't exactly bet on Jordan Poyer's destination. He's not maybe not big enough, high profile. Yeah, he's going to Miami. Yeah, you're sure of it? Yeah, he did. He sounded that way on that podcast. He he's was on. going to Miami because yeah. that's my guess. There are three pieces of evidence. One, he said about like state income tax, Florida. Yes. Florida. Yeah. 
staying in the AFC East would be crazy, Florida. And then there was an interview he did while he was at the Combine. Did you see this? Uh, maybe. So he's on the set. I think it's ESPN, maybe NFL Network. And they're asking him about you know, his time in Buffalo. He's wearing a DeMar Hamlin hat, and he's talking about how much he loves it. You know, love Bill's Mafia, blah, blah, blah. And then they kind of joke with him that all these teams out here, every one of them is NFL Network because Peter Schrager's on with them. They, they all want you, but you're not allowed to talk yet because that would be tampering. And he starts to say, Poyer does, yeah, I guess, Mike McDaniel, and they cut him off, and he doesn't finish his sentence. Hmm. But he mentions the Dolphins coach by name. Like, he was about to make a point about something he and Mike McDaniel had talked about. Hey, that's tampering, isn't it? That's why I, That might be Aha. why they cut him off. He's going to Miami. I need to find this clip. We need to catch the Dolphins in the act again. T- take their first-round pick away <laughs> next year. Back-to-back tampering first-round picks lost. I think you're probably right, though. He's going to Miami. He's going to Miami. Edmonds? I don't know, but he's going to Miami. Edmonds-Pittsburgh, maybe? No. I oh, no, Filipponi yeah, said. We talked to Filipponi, yes. He says he thinks they won't do that. 803-0550. Sal on the other side, his thoughts on this, on the Adam Schefter report about Poyer and Edmonds. The Poyer news, not a surprise. The Edmonds news, though, it's kind of like a fork in the road on what the offseason will be because that's a massive hole. It's also a big contract they can spend somewhere else. DeAndre Hopkins, somebody mm-hmm. like that. We'll get to Sal on the other side here on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.